When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Happy Wednesday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. But you'll notice on set, there's a very tall person here with us. <laughs> it's Ben Pope from the Chicago Sun-Times, Blackhawks beat writer. We just got back, all of us, from Luke Richardson and Kyle Davidson meeting the media. So I think it's officially, we can say it, 100%. The season has begun. The summer is over, and hockey is here, Ben. Over. Thanks for joining us. Uh, glad to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's a great setup you guys have here, and uh, happy to, to help kind of kick things off here in the official season, although I know you guys have been grinding for a while. but We've been but. trying to get you here for a while. <laughs> <and> things, <laughs> kept, <laughs> things kept happening and falling through or whatever, so it's a good day to have you here, and we appreciate you being here. So we're going to give you the floor first. Uh, Davidson and Richardson meet the media today. I wouldn't say there's anything terribly revealing that we didn't really know already but what stood out from you to you from what Luke and Kyle had to say yeah certainly on the news front nothing that exciting um but I think the most interesting exchange was when Luke was asked about kind of his goals and for the season and defining success and he mentioned talking to to Kyle when he was hired um saying that he was going to try to to make his job kind of as hard as possible <laughs> to win as much as possible this year and uh, Kyle jumped in and saying that uh, his goal was to win as well. Um, I think we all know behind the scenes this team is kind of built to get a high draft pick, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think he's entirely lying. I'm sure on a night-to-night basis he wants to, to see the team succeed and the players to do well and develop and, and increase their trade value or uh, to sort of establish themselves for, for the future. Um, so it's going to be interesting to, to, to kind of juggle that and see how the Blackhawks juggle that over the course of the season. Um, but I thought that was an interesting exchange that, that they kind of acknowledged that, that there's a little bit of dissonance between Kyle's goals and, and Luke's goals as, as coach. Yeah, Kyle made sure to jump in and be like, I want to win too. Yeah. <laughs> like, sure uh-huh. you do, buddy. Everyone's yeah, like, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was de- that was definitely like trying to be like, hey, like, I do want to wait like the way that he phrased it in, in, in Davidson's answer was kind of just like, we're looking long term parentheses. We're not going to win this season, but in the short term game to game, we want to see success. We want to see the team be competitive and, and, and win. And he kind of made it more of the point of the coaching staff is like, they're going to try to win. Whereas we're trying to build something for the future, which in this season probably won't, involve a lot of winning so it was just kind of interesting to see that aspect from the both of them right there at at the same time like hey you're gonna try and win games and you're giving me (laughs) you're you're giving the the guy a team that's probably not going to win a lot of games so it's just an interesting uh dynamic between the two of them for that uh just kind of going into the season with that that mentality yeah it's a fine line to to, it's got to be weird but you can have a very successful season and still have the fewest points in the league. Like, it's not like looking at the final standings, you'd be like, oh my God, that was just an awful season. But you could still have successes. And I think that's where uh, Luke's got to try and, you know, have that mentality of like, yeah, okay, we didn't win the night, but, you know, so and so, Lucas Reichel is improving or one of the young defensemen is really becoming and earning more playing time. That's how I think you grade 
successes this season as opposed to, well, they only had 63 points or whatever it is at the right. end of the year. It's what we talked about, competitive losses. And, you know, both guys were asked about what stood out at tra- at Prospects Camp and at the Tom Curver's Prospects Showcase. And they both mentioned, especially Kyle, just how competitive the players were, how they're working really hard, they're finishing checks, everybody on the roster is really grinding and working hard. You don't have those passengers that we've seen in recent years. Like, I don't want to call a guy out, but Alex Nylander, you know, guys like that who kind of are happy to stay in the periphery and not really engage and hope the puck comes their way. You've got a whole roster of guys, maybe their talent isn't, or their skill level isn't as high as Nylander's, but their compete is through the roof. And I think uh, ingraining that culture, that's something that, that uh, Luke Richardson sort of alluded to. You know, I want, I want to have a team here. I want to have guys that play hard for each other. And you can see in every move that Davidson has made since taking over, that's been the focus. The guys that have left, the guys that have come in, you see that he wants a team that competes hard. And I think the idea of, yeah, you might end the season with 63, 65 points, whatever, as long as they're competitive in those games and are, and are trying hard and – I don't know. I'll, from a fan perspective, I think the word might be entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, t- I'll take a four-three loss if they're out there giving everything they've got. So in regulation, yes, thank you. No, <laughs> no extra points. Um, I don't know. It, it is it is a very interesting place to be, and and Richardson acknowledged that too. Like, look, we know what the reality is here, but you can't. Hockey's not really a sport you can tank game to game. You can design a roster to tank, but you can't right. go tell your team like, hey. Don't try so hard. Right. This is not a thing. I think one more silver lining that, that we might be able to take out of this season would be the coaching staff as well, kind of settling in and having success in their front. I mean, Luke Richardson's a first-time NHL head coach. The staff is all new. Derek King's never been an NHL assistant before. Um, to, so we, t- we heard today about how they'll divide up the duties with, um, with Derek King kind of working on the game prep and, and – Derek Plant taking on the, the power play and, and Kevin Dean doing the defense and, and penalty kill. And uh, for them each to kind of have success in those roles and figure out their structure and their system and, and how to teach that well to the players, even if it's not immediately working, to have that in place maybe a few years down the line when this team is starting to contend and, and ideally still has the same coaching staff, because I think that is kind of the goal here. Um, I think that's another way that, that they might be able to achieve success this year, even if it's not through winning. Anybody else get uh, get a little chuckle, the little sideswipe Richardson took at the Bruins when he was talking about <laughs> Kevin yes. Dean? They Say, never had an elite goalie. They never had a world-class goalie, <laughs> but they always played good defense. I'm like, what? what? Uh, Tuka Rask was pretty good yeah, for I hope a while. He wasn't listening. Yeah, Tim yeah, Thomas right. had a few good seasons there. Like, Wow, that was a little backhanded compliment right there. <laughs> like I was, you know, that must be left over from his Montreal uh, days. But <laughs> I, I, I got a chuckle out of that. I mean, it's it's not a surprise that those are the assignments. Kevin Dean is a def- is, was a defenseman like Richardson, and and has had some success as running defenses and PKs. And Derek Plant was a forward, and it's kind of like, well, you know, and Derek King's going to help as he as as Luke Richardson said, the five on five game planning, maybe like the six on five stuff like that overall helping so much like Kyle Davidson has built his front office I think Luke Richardson is taking that same approach where it's like I need help and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to take as many voices in the room to help me and it's it's a healthy approach it's yeah. there's doesn't seem again doesn't seem to be any ego on either the front office staff or the coaching staff at this point and you know, for two guys that are entering their first seasons ever doing this uh, at that level, it's good to know that they're not trying to take it all on themselves, that they're like, hey, we've got really smart people working behind us, both on the bench and in the GM's office. It's, yeah. it's, it's a good approach. What I liked from what Luke Richardson said about, you know, coming into this first experience is that he's going into the, the locker room without really having any preconceived notions of, you know, who, who are the leaders? Like, yes, we understand Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane are the biggest voices in the locker room, but who are, who are, the, who are the other guys that are going to step up and, and, and be leaders in the locker room? And, and how he, he spoke about seeing these guys, you know, in their natural habitat, in the locker room, on, on the ice, through practices and stuff, and seeing how they 
how they handle themselves. And, and he even said, you know, he's like, I, I'm not going to be in my office. I'm going to be in the locker room because I want to be with the team and get a feel for, for, for what they bring to the table and, you know, how they interact. And, and I think that that's, that's really uh, a good aspect to have because if you have that, I think if you have that divide between like, oh, okay, coach is like this, you know, going into his office is like, you know, crossing a, crossing a, a border or a line or whatever. And you're like, okay, now you're in the coach's office and it's a different, different mentality than being in the locker room. I think it's a good idea for him to kind of mesh all that together and be like, look, like this whole organization is going to be working together towards, towards a goal. And there's going to be, you know, very few separations of like, like hierarchy, I guess, I guess, I guess I would, I would put it. So I think it's kind of a, Jay, you've mentioned it before, like how, you know, Luke Richardson and, and Kyle Davison are kind of looking at the organization and looking at this opportunity kind of as like a, a blank slate to kind of see how they can put their, their stamp on things. And with, with Davidson, you know, uh, player personnel, uh, front office personnel, like he's really kind of come into it with no necessary, like, holding on to anything just because, you know, they were here before. Like we saw it with the Debrinkat trade. We saw it with the, with the Kirby Doc trade. Like he's not really just holding on to things because he, it, he it, people say he should. It's, he's, he's trying to, to do something to, in the long term, you know, build out a, a, a team that's going to have his, his footprint on it. So it's interesting that, again, from both of their perspectives, kind of having that mentality. And, and I, I think it's very interesting for, for Richardson to kind of go in and say, Yes, Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane have earned the right to be the big voices uh, in the locker room, have have their opinions on on what what's going to happen uh, day in and day out. But also, I have to treat them as any other player. I think that that's really interesting for him to to say coming into his first official head coaching gig. Yeah, it kind of mirrors a little bit what um, Kyle Davidson said at his end of the year press conference when asked about Taze and Kane and do you owe them an explanation of things? And he's kind of like, I don't have to explain anything to them yeah. really. Like I'm going to let them know what's going on. But other than that, it's up to them if they want to buy in or not. So, and then Richardson said today though, that those are the two guys he probably had the most communication with uh, during the off season. So um, look, I think those guys have earned that right to be informed a little bit on what's going on. But at the same time, I don't think I would. I think Taves would be more of an issue than Kane. I don't think Kyle Davidson wants Taves coming in and telling him how to run the team either. Right. I think right. there's healthy balance of hey, here's what it is, you know, um, and uh, thanks for your input, but we got it. Yeah. Kind of a thing, and to and to express that pretty clearly, that hey, you know, we're going to keep you guys informed of what's going on, but ultimately it's our decision because regardless of whether they're traded or not. They're both free agents after this year. And that sort of leads me to the next thing. Dave, uh, Davidson was asked about potential contract extensions for those guys. I think, what was the terminology he used? Like nothing. He said nothing. Nothing, no, nothing, uh, nothing formal. Or, nothing formal. Nothing formal. Yeah. Whereas when he was asked about like thoughts or, or conversations about moving either of those players, he said there's been no discussions. I just thought it was interesting that when, I think you might even brought up the, the question of, contract extensions um i think it was scott was it scott it was, it was from that direction of the room <laughs> yeah. but um but yeah the 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 question of like okay well contract extensions then have those have those discussions happened for him just to say like well nothing formal to me i don't know if i'm just reading into nothing but to me it sounds like to use a different term like oh nothing formal as compared to no discussion that that's something i think i, I feel like i wouldn't i didn't personally read into it as much as that i feel like just as a GM, I mean, you're you're constantly covering all your bases so much that True, yeah. with every player, you kind of talk about everything to a little bit. Like it, any player who's going to the last year of your contract, I'm sure you'd have just a preliminary talk about that kind of thing. So right. I'm not sure we should really read into it as, oh, maybe they will resign. I mean, so maybe they will, but I'm not sure this really changed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Nate in the chat has a couple good questions. Uh, the first one says, how much of the competes that they've shown in camp – is because of the lack of secured roster spots and the opportunity to be the first guy called up. Uh, that's certainly a factor. Mm-hmm. All these guys in prospects camp know that there's what probably at least two or three forward spots available, uh, probably one or two defensive spots available at this time. So yeah, I think that's part of it. But 
at the same time, <laughs> I, I'm going to keep going Alex Nylander just because it's on my mind. <laughs> easy target. Uh, yeah, he is an easy target, but that's not a guy who you would really see up the intensity, right? I think you just have a certain breed of player intentionally. You know, you've got these guys that want to play hard and want to have a good showing regardless of opportunity. Because, like, you talk about Korchinski is not playing in the NHL this year. Samuel Savoie is not playing in the NHL this year. This is not happening. So, but but they're still out there playing as hard as they can, yeah. trying to make an impression probably more than earn a spot. But, I, Nate, I do think that's part of it. Uh, and the other question Nate has is, did either Luke or Kyle speak about the mentality of the locker room other than compete especially in regards to the looming cloud of the fire sale that's been rumored all season. Uh, what I remember is him basically saying that players don't really think about it that way. Right. They just want to win the game that night. That's that's kind of how I recall the general response to that question. Yeah, he mentioned, uh, to just tack on that first question real quick, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow's first practice and Friday's first practice to see – the compete level of the veterans like yeah it's easy for the prospects to like go out this is my first shot in front of the guy that drafted me i'm gonna bust my ass and and say mm -hmm. and make him happy he picked me but you gotta remember this is a first year coach a pretty much a, a new it's a whole new regime so these veterans they need to impress luke richardson right off the bat too because if your first impression to your new coach is that you're just you're just you know going through the motions because you feel like you've, your spot is is cemented that might not go good for you. So I want to see how the veterans yep. have those first drills tomorrow. That's going to be yeah. interesting to watch. Uh, but the mentality of the locker room, uh, Richardson said early in the press conference, stressing chemistry, that you can't have success on the ice until you build chemistry off of it. And it's all about building relationships with each other in the locker room, outside of the rink, that leads to playing hard for each other on the ice. So I think... You know, these guys, they'll tell you they don't focus on that stuff. And to a degree, they're not lying. But it, it, for some guys, you can't avoid it. You know, we're going to yeah. ask them questions all season yeah. long. Hey, Patrick, have you waived your trade clause? Yeah. Why not? So it's unavoidable, but they have a job to do, and it's winning that hockey game on that night. Like, they're focused on right now opening night of the preseason next Tuesday. Um, that's all they care about right now. And I think – you, you can put the blinders on while you're at the rink, and then when you leave the rink, it's, it's up to you to what you're going to tune in, what you're going to tune out. I think a lot of the veterans, too, have a, as much to prove as, as the young guys. I mean, obviously Kane and Taves and, and Seth Jones are kind of in their own category, but guys like Connor Murphy, Jujar Kara, Tyler Johnson coming off major injuries, they want to show uh, what, what they can do. Guys like Domi and Athanasiu coming in. Um, kind of off down years, but had previously been good, and, and they want to show that they're still in their peak of their career and can still be, you know, 20, 30 goal guys. A lot of these veterans are not exactly going to be comfortable in where they are, too. Like, they're going to want to have something to prove just as much as maybe some of the AHL, NHL tweener guys trying to prove that they can earn a roster spot. I think Seth Jones is going to be a guy that's going to have a bit of a chip on his shoulder to start the year. He's a guy that admittedly – didn't start great last year. Obviously, you know, down the stretch, got asked that, hey, you guys ever going to score a power play goal from a defenseman? <laughs> yeah, right. Of course, you know, first power player in the world juniors, he scores a power play <laughs> goal. So, but I think that's a guy that, like, another one that, you know, he hears the chatter. He hears the people that just, you know, never liked him from day one just because of the trade and the contract, two things that out of his control. I think he's a guy that's going to have a lot to prove and, and, and will start tomorrow making that impression. Yeah. yeah, yeah even if he doesn't hear it, his mom will tell him about, <laughs> about yes. people saying it. I'm so. sure she yeah. has <laughs> printed out plenty of tweets the last I year. I think also for Jones, it'll be nice for him to have the whole summer to settle in here. There's not the expectations this year, there, you know, as there were last year. I think early on you saw him coming and trying to justify the contract, and that never works. Just play your game, do your thing. And after maybe the first month or so, he really settled in and became one of the more defendable players. But kind of going back to how you want to see how the veterans compete in camp, hopefully, aside from Kane, Taves, and Jones, there's no real guarantees here. Like, you know, Kyle Davidson, if he's shown anything, is that he's not loyal to these yeah. people. 
He has no ties to them, doesn't care. He's going to do what's best for the team long-term and, frankly, what's best for his long-term career health, right? Right. Um, so I don't think anyone should walk into camp and say, like, well, I've got this wrapped up. Like, Taylor Radish and uh, Sam Lafferty aren't going to be, like, strutting into the fifth-third arena tomorrow. Like, I got this on lock. I really think there's – when you talk about guaranteed spots, Taves, Kane, Domi, Athanasiu. Seth Jones. Jones, Murphy – Morazic and Staylock just because yeah, right. they have to be. But, like, yeah. but really, who, who else? Tyler Johnson, probably. Yeah. yeah. But aside from that, it's, it's I don't open. know if anything's guaranteed. Well, and I think it, it speaks to the kind of characteristics that, that Kyle Davidson wants in those players is that I don't think he's really the, – the people that he's brought in through, through trades, through free agency, uh, all the guys he drafted, I don't think that they have – the, the characteristic trait of feeling content with just being uh, I, I, Luke Richardson t- spoke about it too. Just being here shouldn't be enough. Like you have to prove that you can belong in the NHL and then also prove that you need, that you should stay in the NHL and you should build upon it. Um, just getting here shouldn't be complacent, the, the complacent part of things. And, and I don't think that the, the organization is, is building with players again, like an Alex Nylander, who seemed to be just complacent being in the NHL and kind of letting, you know, trying to let things come to him. He was traded for Sam Lafferty, who immediately made an impact in, in the, the competitiveness uh, of, of, of the team. So I think Davidson is building with players that are going to come in and, and compete for positions, whether it's uh, Max Domi or it's uh, Paul Ludwinski. Like, they're, they're going to come in and they're going to play really hard. And I think that that's... Uh, that's going to be a good thing to, to kind of set the tone for the organization moving forward. You talk about, like, the impact of one player not pulling her weight. It affects everybody. Yeah. It really does. Like, it, it's – when you've got someone out there not competing hard, not playing hard, playing for themselves, it not only aggravates uh, the teammates, it also – throws the entire game off. Like, you know, a guy's missing his passes or not hustling, not back-checking, and it ends up in the back of the net. It's like everyone just kind of goes palms up. Mm-hmm. I, oddly enough, yesterday I was on Instagram and an old reel from the Madhouse podcast popped up, and it was me and James talking about Patrick Kane being frustrated with Nylander. Maybe that's why he's on my mind. Yeah. Right? Like be. missing yeah. passes, uh, stick-handling himself off sides, all these sorts of things, and you could see – watching games how frustrated Patrick Kane would get like come on man like make a you know what I mean like let's go like, let's get on the same page just having guys that compete is going to make a huge huge difference and it just it just feels different I know it's just prospects camp but the energy that we saw in the last two games and during camp has been has been through the roof and something I haven't seen in a while and I think there's a lot of things that go into that from roster availability to wanting to improve yourself on and on and on but look from top to bottom, everybody in a Blackhawk sweater was working their ass off in camp and during that tournament. So I'm really interested to see what the preseason is going to look like. I think there was a really notable difference between going back to like the 2019 Traverse City tournament, uh, which was one of my first things covering the team myself and the team they had there, a prospect tournament at that time, to now three years later. Um, just the, the difference in quality of the prospects is really was really noticeable this past week. And I just looking at their draft pedigree and, and everything we've analyzed uh, throughout the summer, that's kind of been obvious, but to see it on the ice yeah. and in person and, and just how they were working together and also just the individual um, motivation and skill that was there. I, I think it, it really stood out and we, we might have a lot of uh, kind of depressing hockey to watch this season because a lot of those prospects or most of those prospects aren't going to be on the team, but at least to have that little glimpse of maybe two or three down, years down the road what um, what the team might look like and some of the guys who might be on it and see how good they looked was definitely a needed source of optimism. Yep, we've got a super chat to get to and a bunch of good questions in the comments we're going to get to, but first we've got to tell you about our friends at Green Ridge Farm They're a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. They've got the deli meats going. I was at my jewels yesterday, saw the Green Ridge Farm meats and fine cheeses there. I got some of the the low-sodium turkey. Looking forward to a sandwich after work today. 
And they brought in the meat sticks last week. Mm-hmm. Oh, the meat sticks. Man, they're so delicious. They've got the uh, the chicken, the black forest beef, uh, the jalapeno cheddar, and the spicy chili. Me and Lawrence were sharing a, a meat stick, Lady in the Tramp style the other day. Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> CHGO Bears after dark. <laughs> if you haven't tried them yet, you don't know what you're missing. Again, all natural. They're fresh and flavorful. Great for packing for your lunch. Put in your kids' lunch. Those meat sticks are absolutely terrific. Uh, if you haven't tried them yet, you don't know what you're missing. Right now, go to GreenRidgeFarm.com. Order any three meat products and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. And those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO when you check out. Green Ridge Farm is awesome. Get yourself some Green Ridge Farm Simply Natural Meat. Well, we're definitely excited that the season is almost here. Officially gets underway tomorrow with that first practice. If you're looking to get yourself some tickets to some of the exciting uh, early season home games for the Blackhawks, we recommend you check out our friends over at Game Time. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best tickets possible and the best deals for tickets to all your sporting events, concerts, and shows. We were we were talking about it earlier. Our White Sox guys have been have been taking advantage of the Game Time app. Uh, there are tickets for tonight's uh, White Sox Cleveland game. I don't want to say the wrong team name again. Uh, <laughs> for as low as one dollar, but we were scrolling through the Blackhawks. There are a lot of games available where you can get tickets for under twenty bucks, under thirty bucks. Pretty reasonable prices. Great deals. Of course, the Marion Hosa game is a little pricey. Uh, the, some of the early season games are a little pricey, but. Wait it out. Wait to the day of. Get you, yourself a great deal. Even host tonight, you can get in for sixty-six bucks. That seems that's not I mean, too that's, good. That's yeah. a great deal. So if you love CHGO and you wouldn't be here if you didn't, you will love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the podcast description. If you're watching us on YouTube, scroll down, uh, hit that like button on your way down, and then you'll see the link for the game time click it buy your tickets or if you're wherever you're listening to this podcast the audio version the link will also be in the description there so click on it join over 15 million people who've downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events including maybe that uh, chicago houston <laughs> professional football game <laughs> this sunday where there will be encased meats and, and adult beverages for the low price of 34 dollars uh chgo First of many football tailgates are going on this Sunday from 8 a.m. to noon at the corner of Roosevelt and Michigan. Not on the corner, but in the parking lot that's at that intersection. It's going to be on the corner. I mean, I might be on the corner. Wave as you drive by. Everybody else is going to be in the tailgate. (laughs) $34. Head over to allchgo.com. Click on the banner there. You get your tickets. $34 gets you all you can eat, all you can drink from 8 a.m. all the way until kickoff. Don't need a ticket uh, for the game, but if you want, check out Game Time. Get your ticket for that Chicago versus Houston grudge match, uh, <laughs> and then get your ticket for the tailgate. Join us there. It's just a that's, Lovey that's Smith true, revenge yeah. game. I oh, love Lovey. Does he still have the beard? He, God, he, he, yeah, he has one of the greatest beards of all time. It's it's impressive. It's like Zeus like. It's, yeah. it's <laughs> Mount Olympus esque beard. I'm a, I'm a big Lovey Smith fan. I don't know where you guys are on Lovey Smith, but I never had a problem. I didn't with have him. to cover him, so I guess I liked him. There were times, like in his press conference, he seemed to be a little condescending to some yeah. of the questions. So I guess never having to actually ask him a question helps. But yeah, you just have to yeah. know he can't just flat out say all my quarterbacks have sucked. Right. I mean, <laughs> listen. I think every Bears coach in the history of Bears coaches. Uh, since George Hallis died, can get a bit of a free pass. He's, yeah, they haven't oh. been given the best deck of cards to play with. That's right. There's uh, Lovey Smith's beard. Yeah, that's Lovey. glorious. Now good for in, Lovey. He's still in good shape. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with him. Looks like he can play. <laughs> Put him on the fourth yeah. line. He might yeah, have yeah, to. I got for a bit of a man crush on to. Lovey. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Ever since the beard came in, just outstanding. All right, let's get to our super chat here from the Lebowski Five. He says, "I bought the CHL season streaming package to see our prospects." in their respective leagues, and to follow Bedard closely. Good call. Is this too excessive? Not at all. No. No. Great. great. I mean, we're not going to do that, but. It's a, it's a great <laughs> investment. Are you available on Wednesdays to chat us up yeah, about right. what's going on in the CHL? <laughs> we'll be happy to have you on. Yeah, um, you can be our correspondent. No, no that's, that's, that's ex- a really good investment because the Blackhawks have a, a, a number of really good uh, prospects in the various CHL leagues that are going to play prominent roles. 
you got in the WHL, obviously the 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 big name is Connor Bedard, who's not officially a Blackhawk yet. Not yet. Uh, not yet. <laughs> but we're willing that. Come, into the, come, we're willing that. Come late June, he 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 very might uh, very might will be. But um, yeah, I mean, it's you know you can you can watch Bedard, you can watch Colton Dock, Nolan Allen, um, J- uh, J- Jalen Lipen is in the yeah. WHL uh, or will be once he's uh, once he's healthy. You got Ethan Del Mastro in the OHL, uh, captain of the Mississauga Steelheads. Gosh, who Savoie? else? Samuel, so- yeah, Samuel. So- you guys are all guy. loving Paul, him last Jake, week. Jay's, every every Jay's time, favorite guy, including today. Every time someone mentions him at a presser, Jay looks at me and just gives me this big shit-eating <laughs> grin. Like, yep, that's my guy. <laughs> we were, we were again today. We were walk. We were even walking though, out. Even though we called him Savoy, he did call him Savoy. So we were we were walking out, and he was uh, he had his 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 upper half gear on. And uh, probably either going in or coming out of media day, and I was just like, "Hey, you gonna go talk to your friend over there?" He's like, like, "I don't want to bother him." I'm just saying, again, unprovoked. Kyle Davidson mentions him. Say who stood out? That was one of the names you went to first. He didn't say Reichel. Apparently, he got your Venmo. uh, (laughs) It cleared before he. I just like to. uh, The only the reason I I'm so pleased with it is because I am the uh, proud owner of imposter syndrome, and I like to have my opinions verified <laughs> by people who are paid to know these things. So when Kyle Davidson's like, yes, Savoie did look good, I'm like, all right, I'm not an idiot, <laughs> at least on this one. I'm an idiot for other reasons, but not for that one specifically. So that's exciting. All right, there's a chat I want to get to. Where'd it go? There we go. Uh, Raphael says, I can clearly see, I see clearly Max Domi playing the same role of the cat with uh, him and Reichel and Kane, that would be an awesome line. Uh, that is one of the things that shocked me about Luke Richardson. Flat out today said, I'm going to put Domi with Kane to start. Yeah, usually those questions of, like, what are your lineups going to be before you hit even day one of training camp, the coach usually says, well, we haven't even hit day one of training camp, so we don't know what the lines <laughs> yeah. would be. But he actually said, you know, Kane and, and, and Domi will likely be, be uh, paired together. Also said that uh, young defensemen like, Kevin Korchinski and Ethan Delmaster will be played pair, paired with veterans. So I thought that that was, that was interesting. And that's a, an interesting strategy to go in and not just say, Oh, all our NHL, all our NHL guys are just going to be paired with NHL guys. Like they're giving an opportunity for the young guys to kind of gain some experience with some of the vets. I think Domi is probably going to be one of the most interesting uh, players on this year's team. I mean, he he's shown before in Montreal that he can be uh, a star player, um, a, a clear first or second line scorer. And uh, he's also a kind of uh, talking about guys with motivation and guys with a little bit of grit. I mean, that, that definitely fits with Domi uh, when at his introductory press conference earlier this summer, just on zoom, uh, he sounded really motivated and sounded like kind of a, a guy who'll provide a little bit of interest, a little bit of spark to this team. And uh, to see him immediately get that the opportunity with Kane uh, right off the start is going to be fascinating. I mean, I feel like he, he has the potential to score 30 goals, to score 60 points. Uh, it might not be likely, but but it, the, the upside's there. And if he can do that, um, he, he could be traded for maybe a second or third round pick of the trade deadline, or, or maybe the Hawks even look at kind of making him a, a longer-term piece of this rebuild, uh, considering he's still not that old. He, he could still you know continue that pace for a few more years and um, perhaps into the next contention window. So I think he, Domi in particular is going to be a really interesting piece to see how they – move him around and what kind of role he ends up filling. I think it's, it makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons to start Domi with Kane. And we know that's not going to be every night, but his playing style, he's got the speed to, to uh, keep up with Kane. Mm-hmm. He's got that. He'll, he, he could be the guy that goes and does the dirty work. He'll have more room out there because of Kane to get to the front of the net. But Kyle Davidson's probably had a little something to do with that saying, listen, it's no secret. He, signed him to trade him unless you know he wants to stick around but likely one-year deal on a rebuilding team usually means you're going to get traded what better way to drive up his trade value than Mm -hmm. have him play with Patrick Patrick Kane because whoever plays left wing on Patrick Kane usually has a pretty damn good season yeah yeah so you know I I don't think he's going to be scoring like Dabrinkat was no I don't think so he definitely has the opportunity to to keep up with Kane and 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 make that kind of impact will he score as much as the Brinkett, probably not. He doesn't have as good a shot. Will he have as many opportunities? Probably. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to have the opportunity to have a career year playing on the same line with, with number 88. I, yeah, I think it's a good move. I, for silly reasons, at some point, I want to see uh, Athens CU 
Tyler Johnson, Patrick Kane, 88, 89, 90 line just because it would look fun on the yeah. score sheet. Just start it once. That's all I ask. <laughs> I'm sure we'll see that at some point. But I want to ask you about uh, Reichel. Um, we saw four assists on Sunday uh, against the Wild Prospects, and lo- it looks you know one of the best players of development camp. There's been some offseason speculation that he'll start things in Rockford. Uh, but then today it was sort of like there's no – Kyle Davidson flat out said there's no – there's no plan yet, really. We're going to see how things go. I, I know they're, they want to be patient with all their prospects. I understand that. I just don't understand what another month or whatever in Rockford is going to do for Lucas Reichel. At this point, hasn't he, in your mind, I don't know, what do you think? Has he earned the right to start the season a hawk as long as the preseason isn't terrible? What's your thought on how Reichel should be handled? I think he has earned the right. I think, it, if anything, the hesitation would just be because you don't want his confidence to just kind of get hurt off right off the bat by being on a team that's going to be losing a lot. This Rockford team is probably going to be one of the best teams in the AHL. I mean, they have a lot of prospects there, and they've also brought in a lot of kind of AHL veterans uh, who are among the top scorers at that level last season on other teams. So uh, to maybe start the year there and be on a winning team just to build up that confidence a little bit uh, and then come up to the NHL, I could kind of see that. But I think he certainly has proven that he's he's ready to be at the NHL level uh, pretty soon, if not now. I'm in- intrigued to see how his summer of training and, and gaining strength affects things. I mean, he, he gained about 15 pounds. Uh, he worked really closely with Paul Goodman, uh, the strength and conditioning coach, to, uh, to kind of figure out how to use that weight in, in a way that will help him win board battles and, and protect the puck better. Uh, we certainly saw him struggle a little bit against bigger, older players last season in his brief NHL stints. Um, so if he can show in training camp and in the preseason that he's really improved in that regard and, and that's something that, uh, that is kind of taken a step forward for him, uh, then I think it's going to be tough to not have him on the NHL roster to start because that was really the one weakness in his game. And if he can get to the front of the net, uh, really fend off opponents, uh, in addition to his excellent ability to, to gain the, the zone with speed and dish it off to teammates and his vision that were already elite, then I think we're, we're really going to see it hard to send him down to start the year. What did you make of him playing on the penalty kill during the uh, Prospects tournament? Anything? I, I Seemed okay, willing to block shots. You know, he was guarding the point uh, many, many times and was getting it away. I, I don't know if that's just a way of sort of integrating him into the more, when I say physical, I don't mean finishing checks, but the blocking shots, the forechecking, those sort of things. I thought it was very interesting to see him on PK1 during the Prospects tournament. Yeah, I feel like we've seen a movement kind of around the league of guys using their best players on the penalty kill more than just the grinders. Like we saw DeBrinket killing penalties last year. Guys like Sebastian Ajo in Carolina, we wouldn't really think of as a PK guy, but he plays PK one minutes there. Um, so I think long term, I mean, you'd like to have, use Reichel in that kind of role at the NHL eventually. So just to get him some experience there uh, certainly can't hurt. But But also just in terms of on that team, on that prospects team last week, he was definitely the best player, so you want to use him in as many situations as possible. But, yeah, I think he held his own. I think it's it's good experience for him to get. Yeah, it, uh, he didn't do a – I don't recall him on the PK at all last year in Rockford when covering them, but, you know, I, you mentioned Brinkett did it, you know. they. I think a lot of teams kind of want to maybe – get those responsible, offensive, talented guys out there to kind of maybe steal a shorthanded goal every once in a while. It yeah. doesn't yeah. hurt to have a guy that you know can c- catch a defenseman pinching and go the other way. Um, but, and I also think probably he was on there during the Curvers stuff because he was like the veteran of that team. Yeah. He had the yeah. most pro experience. So just, yeah, another another cap in his feather. It'd be interesting to see what happens. But, you know, I, I know we when we originally talked about uh, – I said cap in his feather, whatever. <laughs> you know what I meant. That's, um, that's difficult to do. Well, see, he's that talented. <laughs> um, but I think it was it was Scott Powers who originally said that the Hawks were maybe thinking of starting him in Rockford, but then kind of expanded on that, saying that they don't when they want him when they call him up, they want him to stay up. Stay they don't up. want him to do the back and forth. Um, so, and that makes sense. But when you look at this roster, we've said it many times already. If he's not one of the best 12 forwards you have come October 11th, something's gone wrong. I mean, just looking on paper, yeah. he should be mm-hmm. in your top six. So we'll let, I like that they're at least vocally saying 
they're going to let Lucas Reichel make that decision for Lucas Reichel, and that's how it should be. Yeah, as as they should. It it, it really, for me, if he would have to play so poorly that he couldn't be in the NHL to start the season. Um, I, I I don't think, like kind of like you said, Jay, like what does one more month or two more months in the AHL really do? I think we saw what we needed to from him last, last season at the AHL level that, you know, he was one of the best rookies at that level, hard to do as a teenager in the AHL to, to play at a point-per-game pace. And he held his own a little bit at the NHL level, but, you know, you, you can really only get better at the NHL level by playing NHL competition. And I think he's kind of at the point in his development where he's only going to get better with, with NHL competition and, and NHL minutes. And, um, you know, the question was asked, you know, about like an organizational like blanket plan for prospects. And Davidson said, like, it's, it's, it's case by case. And I think that that's the right way to go because you can't just say, oh, because you're a prospect, you're going to play all season in Rockford and maybe you'll get one call up or two call ups or whatever. Like you kind of have to like if Reichel's ready to go right away, you bring him up. If Ian, if a guy like Ian Mitchell isn't ready to go right away, then he goes to Rockford, and then he, he, if he if he proves he's ready, he comes up. I think that that's that's probably the way to the best way to handle it, especially when they have so many young players that could potentially bounce back and forth or are going to be competing for spots. So it, it it makes the training camp like position battles like really exciting coming in coming into uh, tomorrow's first day of uh, first day of camp. And it certainly didn't look like confidence is an issue for Reichel on that game no, on Sunday. Absolutely not. He was like, uh, I'm the best player here, and I'm going to show you why. And so I don't think he needs to go to Rockford to get confidence. Um, we'll see how the preseason shakes out. But I'd love to see him get, you know, get, get it, find the back of the net in that first game that he plays. That will go a long way, and maybe we can stop having this Reichel to Rockford discussion. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, another good question from Nate here. I guess we'll go throughout the entire panel. He says, before we get into the full swing of the off season, of the preseason, rather, can each of you give a guy that could surprise everyone and earn playing time at the NHL this season? Why don't we start with our guest, Ben Pope? Ben? Oh, man, put me on the spot. Yeah, that's what you're paid for. <laughs> oh, I got a... Th- Asterisk, you are not being paid. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's all right. Uh, man, uh, I got to scroll through my mind. Um, I think uh, it's not really... A surprising guy, exactly. But I feel like there was so much hype about Ian Mitchell a couple of years ago um, when he was kind of the top prospect that everyone was talking about, kind of like Reichel is now. And then he didn't really do that well in his first season in the COVID year in 2021. So, uh, and then Davidson took over with a different kind of approach to prospect development. So we spent all of last season in Rockford. Uh, we didn't really hear that much about him, and he's kind of faded a little bit out of relevance. But he was really good in the AHL last year. I mean, he was the number one defenseman for Rockford. He was playing 25, 26 minutes a night, all situations, um, helped them have their kind of second half rally to make the playoffs, which I, I think a lot of us didn't really see coming. Um, but it, he's at the point, he's, he's 24 years old, I think. Um, it, this is kind of the make or break year for him if he's going to prove he is going to be an NHL player. And I think there's kind of a little bit of post-hype reason for optimism there that um, we've kind of forgotten about him, and the Blackhawks have brought in a lot of other talented defensive prospects. But uh, he is still a guy who has some of the same skills that that once made him a top prospect, and he's built up his confidence, talking about confidence, and has more experience now. And I think there's going to be an opportunity, especially with Jake McCabe uh, injured the first few months of the season, to – to get in the opening night lineup and play regular minutes. And I feel like he could be a guy that could do it. I mean, there's no guarantee. I mean, maybe he kind of continues to fizzle out the way he has, but I think there's an opportunity there that, that he might be able to seize and kind of get back on the radar after fading away a little bit. I think I'm going to steal Greg's, uh, uh, Greg's pick because I know how much he likes him. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 but I, I, I see what, what Greg sees in him. I really like Isaac Phillips' game. Um, I think his development uh, has, has been kind of fast-tracked since he was able to jump to the AHL early because of the, the COVID season. They changed the, uh, the age requirements and, and whatnot in the AHL. So he basically took what would have been another OHL year uh, and, and played in the AHL and really kind of fast-tracked his development. 
got his first taste of, of NHL uh, action last season, and you know, I think he's I think he's he's one of the, the 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 top guys in this group of young defensemen that the Blackhawks have that all could find their way to the NHL this season. I, I really like his game. I like his physicality, um, and and just the 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 offensive instincts that he has that he plays with. Um, really, like when you when you think about like a, a guy who's who's really good in pretty or or, or is developing to a really good skill set and really all facets of the game, his skating, his, his, his physical play, offensive contributions, being sound defensively. Like he's kind of checking, all, starting to check all those boxes. And I think he can be a really good player uh, at the NHL level. So I, I would be surprised if he doesn't get some NHL action. I don't know if it's going to be right out of camp, but I would be surprised if he doesn't get some NHL action this season. He could, well, he could be what Ian Mitchell was last year in Rockford this year. If he yeah. doesn't make the team, I wouldn't write him off as far as making the team out of camp, but I could see him taking on being that number one guy at Rockford for most of the season, taking that next step. Yeah. As Andre Sorensen said Sunday, I asked him why we didn't see Galvis or Phillips play at all during prospect camp, and he's like, we know what we got. Mm-hmm. We, know what, we know what both those guys bring. So I don't know if you want to read into that too much, but it seems like the two with the least to prove, I guess, in the mind of, uh, of uh, Andre Sorensen, and at I least, would assume Kyle Davidson. defensively, right? You know, right, defensively. At least defensively. Exactly. Jay, oh, you have to go next. Since I'm scrambling, somebody (laughs) stole my guy. I have a feeling I know who you're going to take, so I'm going to scratch that guy. Samuel, no. Um, (laughs) I think Cole Gutman's got a real chance. Um, Coming off a championship season at Denver, uh, he was drafted a few years ago by Tampa in the late rounds and then signed as a free agent with the Hawks, scored in each of the prospects games, and just has a, I guess you would say, you would put him in a lineup and you know it's going to be okay, right? He, he, they probably don't think he's going to light things up at the NHL level. He's not a guy they're projecting to become a star by any means. But in terms of someone who might be ready for NHL play right off the hop, it'd be a bottom six role, of course. But I think Cole Gutman is a guy who could make an impact early in the season as they wait for maybe some higher-end prospects to develop in the minors before they're ready to come up. I think Gutman's a guy who, like maybe in the mold of a Tanner Carroll, Ben Smith... Uh, you know, put him out there and, and not get hurt for a while kind of guys. I think he, he uh, fills that, that role nicely and, and maybe has a little bit of offensive upside. So I wouldn't be shocked to see good old number 70, Cole Gutman in the Hawks Dennis lineup. Rasmussen? Dennis Rasmussen, yeah. That, the Moose. Probably the last and only, right? I think so. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm going to mention a guy that I've talked a little bit about before. I don't, I don't think he's going to make the team out of camp, but this is a, a guy that later in the season, especially after – the trade deadline we could see in Chicago, that's Michael Tepley, who had a really good second half of the season in Rockford last year. Yeah. Uh, he was a guy that had some pretty high expectations. I wouldn't say he was ever considered one of their top prospects, but his final year with Winnipeg in the WHL was a really good offensive year. Then he had to play in the AHL in the weird, crazy, icky COVID season when he was supposed to go back to juniors. Didn't really do much, but you can give – everybody a pass for that weird season um and then last year he was like pretty invisible until right around christmas i don't think it was any coincidence that that's when he got put on a line with brent conley and lucas reichel but his game took off and it stayed at that level throughout the remainder of the season and into the playoffs he's a guy that took a big step i don't think he's going to compete for a roster spot in training camp though i'd like to see him get some preseason time see what he does but as the season goes on, if he continues on that trajectory, there's no reason why he can't get a few games after the trade deadline when likely guys like Domi and Anthony Siu and maybe Kane, maybe Taves, who knows. But all of a sudden there's four or five forward positions open. Who's going to be those first guys called up? I think he'll be one of those, that wave of guys to come up, you know, late March when they need bodies. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm trying to think of any other kind of news and notes from Richardson and Davidson that maybe we haven't gotten to uh, just I think we pretty much covered all of it, right? Anything? We well, need? yeah, I mean, we touched a little bit about um, basically saying that there were no discussions about trading Jonathan Tays or Patrick Kane in the offseason. I, I, and, and I think going into this season, as it's kind of been the story, basically been the, 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 the line all, all summer has kind of been – you know, these guys are, are coming into this season. They're going to see how it plays out, give it a go to start. 
and um, you know, with with Luke Richardson saying that those are the two guys he's had the most con the the most contact with through the summer. You know, I want to get your take on this, Ben, but I, I think ha- uh, uh, having a head coach like Richardson, who's um, you know, it seems like he's he's really open with the the interpersonal communication, um, really cares about kind of the, the the person as well as the hockey player, and and has you know a, a long kind of career coaching at the AHL level, being an assistant, over fourteen hundred games played in the NHL, it seems like he's walking into the door with a with a better perspective for for guys like like Taze and Kane to have than that they've had in the last few years with a Jeremy Colleton or Derek King taking over. Do you think him coming in could be enough of an impact just from a coaching perspective where they might believe enough in him to say, you know what, maybe we will stick around for a few years? I don't know about a few years. I mean, we'll have to see, but I certainly think that the bringing in Richardson is going to be good for them. I, he he certainly is a really well-respected guy from everyone I've talked to, everyone I've heard from, an incredible reputation around the league as a player, as an assistant coach, as a head coach. And uh, I'm sure that the, he they are happy about that, and that's one thing from this offseason that will give them a little bit of uh, encouragement or optimism. And uh, it's really going to just all depend on how this season plays out, I feel like. I'm excited to to hear from Taves and Kane tomorrow, uh, finally, uh, after they hit the ice for the first day of camp, I uh, expected to talk to the media, and I think that'll be uh, really eye-opening to, to finally hear from them and get their take on, on everything that's gone down because uh, we haven't heard from them since the end of last season when they were saying that they feel like this rebuild doesn't need to take that long and doesn't need to be that drastic, and that's clearly <laughs> not what ended up happening. So right. just to get their take on, on everything finally uh, will be really enlightening. But but I do think that, that the Richardson hire is probably something they were pretty happy about, and um, maybe even if they are traded this season, can at least make this uh, a rewarding and, and sort of successful final season for them in Chicago without uh, too much dissonance or, or just kind of focusing only on when that trade's going to happen and more just right. kind of enjoying the ride for, for them and for everyone around them and fans and us and, and everybody really yeah. involved. Uh, one thing I want to ask you about, you've been on the beat for a long time. Uh, Richardson. I don't know about a long time. But. Well, longer than us. <laughs> it's felt like a very long time. <laughs> uh, Davidson was asked about any more potential injuries being announced, and he kind of was like, well, we're getting our medicals today, so maybe something later. Did you seem to think that there's something coming from his tone there? or was I he- did get the sense that maybe somebody's not going to be medically cleared to, uh, to start camp from what he said there. I'm not sure who it would be. Yeah. I mean, we've already heard that McCabe is out, and – uh, we saw Connor Murphy and Jujar Kara, who both ended last year with long-term injuries, were taking part in the, the captain's practices at Fifth Third last week. So you'd think that, that they're ready. I mean, maybe they're not – maybe maybe it's it's them or maybe it's someone else. But I do think we, we probably will get news on that tomorrow. I don't, I don't know anything um, personally, yeah. but, but we'll, we'll see it. I think tomorrow is going to be honestly even more interesting than today um, to, to finally have all the players back and to have – an open locker room and to see them on the ice and just, I mean, that tomorrow is really the first day of training camp from, from our perspective. And I think that's going to be really interesting. Everything that comes out of it. Yeah. Can't wait. I'm bringing the Vapo rub for the locker room. Oh for God. Yeah. yeah. As long <laughs> as that stinky wild that's players. In there one, I mean, I missed being in locker rooms, but I didn't miss being in locker rooms. <laughs> <laughs> that first waft when you walk in, it's like, Oh yeah. Hockey's back. Oh mm-hmm. boy. <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's it's going to be really – I'm excited um, for many reasons personally and, and just covering this team and our first full season covering it here at CHGO. So I'm, I'm super excited to get to the rink. But as you said, just to get all these guys in the same place and kind of get their take on everything that's happened over the summer. Obviously, you know, we're going to get – a lot of the cliched answers and but there'll be some tidbits that come out of there that that uh you know we can get two or three episodes out of hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Just give us yeah. content boys that's all we're, yeah. we're looking for but it's gonna be a lot of fun to see what kind of energy I'm, I'm expecting a high energy a lot of you know emotion tomorrow a lot of basically from you know we talk about why the young guys have a reason to play hard why the veteran guys have a reason to play hard. and i want and you know it's got to be an exciting time for this coaching staff and kyle davidson too to kind of be like yes this is going to be a long season but let's start it off on the right foot and do the best we can and and i think i think there's 
for the first time in a long time, there's even though this particular season won't end with you know a, a parade or playoff games or anything of that nature, but there's real optimism for the first time in a long time surrounding this team. You feel it inside the building and then with the fan base for the most part, I think big picture, uh, the optimism is as high as it's been for a while. Well, Luke Richardson said himself, he's an optimist. So he's going to have to be going to have, yeah, he's <laughs> going to have to be. That'll help. Yeah. Well, while we're, uh, while we're battling the, uh, the stink of the hockey mm-hmm. locker room, what you could do in these last few weeks of September is uh, get out and get some fresh air on the golf course, and you want to do it looking your best. That's where Pins and Aces uh, comes into play. They are the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. They're also the presenting sponsor of the Big Drive Energy podcast on the All City Network. Uh, Pins and Aces is a family-owned uh, golf apparel business, so you got to love that. Uh, they have great gear that uh, comp- going to get you a lot of compliments on and off the course. Uh, they make different uh, polos, hats, golf bags, even a bag that has a beer sleeve that you can put right there in your bag. It stores up to seven beers uh, right there in the bag, right next to your seven iron. Uh, keeps the drinks cold for the entire round, uh, which is great when you're uh, shooting 100 going on to the 14th hole and uh, the drink cart hasn't been around in a while. You just go in your bag. Uh, get a couple drinks out of there, and you'll get through the rest of your round. Uh, ben, are you a big golfer? I, I'm not. You're not? Okay. I, I have not golfed before. Do you like before, good actually. golf polos? A good polo, a good shirt's always good. Perfect. Yeah, well, you can go to pinsandaces.com <laughs> and use the promo code CHGO, and you'll get 15% off of your first order and get free shipping from Pins and Aces. So, again, that's pinsandaces.com, promo code CHGO, 15% off of your first order and free shipping. So... Couple more, a couple more hot days or warm enough days, I guess, in September uh, for, uh, for you golfers out there uh, and for you crazy golfers that like to go into November and December uh, and apparently don't mind having the ball sting your hands 80 <laughs> times uh, around. Get yourself some pins and aces. You're going to be looking good on the course. 80, huh? You're pretty good at golf, I take it. That's a front nine. It's like 200 well, for me. <laughs> well, that's, that's discounting putts, not okay. counting putts. Yeah. So it's yeah. more like 120. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> hey, a couple weeks ago, I was out of town uh, in Disney and came back to the All CHGO uh, studios and saw those sweet cornhole sets we got over there. Uh, and they are from Chi Town Cornhole, otherwise known as Bags. bags. Chi Town Cornhole, they're the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Uh, what stood out to me was the quality of everything. Yeah. Like everyone's driven by the house with the dudes like selling them in his driveway. The Chi-Town Cornhole sets are, they look indestructible. They're, They're beautifully illustrated. Very nice. And the quality of the bag is something. Like, the perfect weight, the perfect distribution, really sturdy. I was really impressed with the entire makeup of the Chi-Town Cornhole set. I'm not going to order a new set for myself, so that's where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And you should, too. Their signature box style design can be digitally that's printed, up. covered in vinyl, and painted. And their cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders recessed in the back. Just put your beer right in the back there while you're playing. The coolest thing is the LED lighted holes so yeah. you can play at night, see where your bag's supposed to go. And the little and the abacus ha- scoreboard. And the, the yeah, the abacus, abacus scoreboard was like cool. That. And the handles for carrying it. Mm. Yes. Instead of banging up your shins <laughs> carrying your uh, <laughs> cornhole set from place to place, they have nice handles on them. Really importantly, veteran-owned and operated, so it's always good to support those businesses. They can ship anywhere or offer local pickups. Uh, and if you got a corporate design you want to get on there, like RCHGO bags we got here, they can do that too. Check out Chi-Town Cornhole. It is awesome stuff. And we want to remind you before we wrap up, if you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube smash. page. If you're listening to the audio podcast, go to our podcast page. Subscribe there as well. And... Become a member at allchgo.com. You get to pick out a sweet shirt like I've got here. Every team has several designs. I know as the Hawks season goes on, we'll probably get some cool new Hawks designs to go as well. So go to allchgo.com. Become a member. You get access to all of our ad-free written pieces. You've got access to our Discord and, of course, the uh, the free shirt when you sign up. And follow us on social media at chgo sports, and we're at chgo 
underscore Blackhawks. We want to thank Ben Pope for being here, and we'll be back tomorrow at 1.30 after Taves and Kane and the whole crew uh, hit the ice and meet the media at Fifth Third Arena. So we'll talk to you then. Thanks to Lawrence for running things as always. We appreciate it. So until tomorrow, for Greg, Mario, and Ben, I'm Jay. Thanks for watching and listening to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.